The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Cornblau and Cornblau, the official law firm of The Process and The Athletic. You can subscribe right now for 25% off at theathletic.com slash RTRS. On the pod today, February, possibly the new January, as the Sixers keep winning and winning and winning. Kawhi Leonard rumors, LeBron rumors, the Sixers once again banned a hinky shirt at a halftime celebration. Uh, We have to finally determine who we boo at Bust the Process and Around the League with Ish Smith. We talk about playoff reform and tanking fines. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderous pair. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rights of Ricky Sanchez podcast. I am Spike Eskin, along with a man who hates just about every segment we have. No, it's just the Apple five-star reviews. It is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. What's up, Spike? How are you, buddy? I'm all right. I was in, uh, as you know, I was in Philadelphia this weekend. I had to go for a uh, funeral, which was uh, was a bummer. My friend, uh, my first ever basketball coach, actually, but one of my best friend's dad, he... uh, he died, which was very upsetting. And uh, but he was my first coach, so uh, shout out to Ken uh, for always telling me to shoot and uh, <laughs> g- giving me the confidence that I unfortunately have. Uh, Good man sounds like bad basketball coach. <laughs> no, great yeah. basketball coach. He was uh, he was right all the time. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Steve Ritchie and Beth. Uh, we're thinking about you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like having you in Philly, don't like having you in Philly for for that for that reason. Yeah. So, uh, we have a big podcast today, obviously, but we have to start off with the fact that the Sixers now have evolved into the team that accidentally wins at the end of games, and when they're not doing that, they just destroy the lottery-bound teams, uh, which they did this week. Quite a comeback from the All Star break for the Sixers. Um, really unbelievable. They just keep winning and getting better. Yeah, I mean, they're. It's a little bit of a uh, re- regression to the mean in some sense because we lost a lot of these games earlier in the season, and so yeah. the the bounce is starting to go our way is nice, and it's being strung together. Uh, it seems like this is a very good and dangerous team because Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are already, Embiid is higher up, but already two of the top 25, 30, maybe 25 or 30 players in the league. Yeah. I, f- I feel like we could do that on another podcast. I mean, Embiid is clearly, yeah. I I mean, you could argue Embiid is top five. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't even think I'm being crazy with that. I think, Right now, I think where he's at in terms of the difference between when he's playing and when he's not. So yeah, his on, well, his on-off court numbers for sure. The team are, is are like a 60-some 60, 60 win team with him on the court and like a 20-some win team without him. So 
Yeah, shout uh, out to Rich Hoffman of The Athletic for that stat. I saw Well, I saw it from him. I don't know where it came from, but I saw it from him. I didn't see where, how they, uh, it, I didn't see if anybody commented on this, but when was the last time two Sixers scored over 30 in a game? It had, uh, had to be back. The 20s. Before. Has to be the 1920s. Yeah. I mean, before, like, definitely Iverson level, at least. Who well, else? I'm sure there could have been some fluke time in between. No, but... because I remember because there was this, there was a, a few years when no one on the Sixers scored 30, let alone two people. It was, I think, like, Willie Green almost did. And it was, it was a very dark, like, uh, Thad got, like, 32 one year, and it was like, oh, that broke the streak. It was, uh, right. so it's been a while. It's been a long time. Uh, it's probably like Iverson and Glenn Robinson or something. Somebody figure it out. Are you you're telling somebody to figure it yeah, out? Yeah, I'm telling right? somebody yeah. to figure so, it out. This is yeah, the instruction. Somebody, some, yeah, somebody somebody who knows how to do that on basketball reference, please do it. I don't know how to do it. The well, uh, it's uh, I'll tell. Well, I don't know whether to get into this now or not. The the real the, the Orlando game was the most was was more obviously because they won by a larger margin over the Bulls, and we'll talk about the Bulls game and the end of it, but um, first of all, Orlando fucking sucks. I mean, that team is terrible. I don't, they, they remind me of, uh, it's funny, I, but this was a different coach. It was Nate McMillan last year. The be- I remember watching the Pacers at the beginning of last year and thinking like, I don't know what this team thinks that they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. they, it looks like they have no plan down the court every time, and that's what the Magic look like now. But the, the Sixers fucking obliterated them. Like it was, um, they didn't even look like the same class. I'll, this, this starting lineup, and I, I think you know, obviously co- they look a lot different when Covington shots are going down. And we can talk about Covington too, but um, man, they just it, it. It's the first time in a long time that the Sixers look like they can outclass teams. You know? Yeah, I remember we talked about like watching the Warriors and Cavs in the finals, and obviously we're not at that level, but. It was like, oh, we're watching a ten and seventy-two team play, and then this is the same sport as what the Warriors and Cavs are doing, and it felt like, oh, they're just in a different. It's it's almost like they're using different muscles and right. pl- playing. Right. There's different rules and uh, and regulations, but th- this is this is the first time that the Sixers have looked like against against the Magic. It's like, oh, we're they can just do pretty much whatever they want and get whatever they want. Uh, right. I like Aaron Gordon though. I still do. I was thinking about him because I've been thinking about like who, about who that guy is, who the yeah. who, who like the wing that they're going to bring in, and obviously Gordon profiles better as a four. But because of the way that uh, that Simmons plays, he's sort of you can't pencil him in really anywhere. So I I wonder if Gordon is the guy. I love Gordon. I love Gordon. I uh, I would take him. I mean, think about think about a starting lineup that is that giant is. You know, um, and is that athletic? If and I think that move obviously puts Dario on the bench, but you uh, like off the bench. I maybe not obviously, obviously to me, but then you have Embiid, Gordon, Simmons, Covington, all in that starting lineup, and that is pretty frightening. And when you think about a way to beat Golden State, you know, um, doing it in a way where you are so massive and athletic mm-hmm. is a an interesting way to attack them. I, it's crazy that we're talking about beating Golden State. And, you know, when we talk about LeBron and Kawhi later, too, I think obviously those guys can do—it becomes like a similar 
thing if you're able to do either of those two things. But I love Aaron Gordon. I would yeah. take Aaron Gordon in a second. The fact that he's gotten, I would, he's gotten. I mean, his 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 jumper still like go has ups and downs, but it's it's been long enough to where it's at least somewhat real. The fact that he's now yeah. shooting, he's shooting thirty six percent from three, uh, which it went down. It went. She shot twenty percent in January. That's why it's down. But uh, for most of the year, he's he's above. He's in the high thirties. So. That's solid. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we get to the rest of the week in Sixers, it is time for the Willie Green five-star Apple podcast review of the week. Mike, we're at 1,322 five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. We want 1,000. Help us get there. We're, uh, I, wanna, I want this at 1,350 by next week. Here is, well, I'm going to give you the review of the week, and I'm also just going to give you a subject line from a different review. Here's the subject line. Snowflake and Coach's Son Talk Show. <laughs> I like that one. Um, but here's the one. I, th- I thought you'd like this one. Uh, subject line is Mitchell for Rookie of the Year. Do you want a Sixers podcast with exclusionary self-references? One that actively tries to dissuade new listeners from subscribing due to repeated, bizarre, and usually indecipherable inside jokes? Look no further. Right, Ricky Sanchez is the podcast for you. Start from the beginning, though, if you want to understand more than 40% of what they're saying. P.S. Even if you hate it, give five stars with a tome-length comment to punish Spike when he has to read them all. And that is from, I don't know. Pretty good. P-A-T-I-G-N. Yeah. It's a good review, though. All right. So do you want to talk about the Bulls game, or do you want to talk more about the Magic game, or what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Dario Sunburn. How about yep, that? That's, <laughs> also, also, also Luawu. Uh <laughs> Last night came in looking looking a little tan. Both got a little tan. Yeah. On. Well, he's got nothing much else to do besides get. Hey, he's, easy. He's, he checked in. <laughs> the victory cigar. Somebody called him on on Twitter. <laughs> That's what Luau is. Dario's tan is. I felt like all at once during that Bulls game, I got text messages and tweets all at the same time. Um, it was a true community moment where everyone at the same time was like, "Whoa." Dario's really tan. It's also he's, he's playing it. he's playing the reddest team in the league, so it really brings out his redness in the in the Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what do we think happened? Was he just on the beach? Was did he did he go to a tanning salon? Like what happened? No, that's a beach tan. That's not a, that's not that's not like a bronze. That's a that is a yeah, straight yeah, up yeah. beach tan. Yeah, I mean he was in L.A. Uh, somebody said he went to he went to Mexico after. I don't. I, some people tweeted at me. I don't know. Uh, uh, definitely out for too long, day drinking. I respect it all day. Uh, yeah, that that was the top story. The Bulls <laughs> game, absolutely. The it is. Uh, I mean, it's really easy to say, and it's certainly true. But it it feels it feels real when it happens. When you say the difference between this year and other years is we win that game yeah. this time but the real difference is having two players as talented as Embiid and Simmons which is the same thing it's not like a luck thing or an experience thing it's you have two guys who can be that good and sort of um, keep you in the game uh, when you're when the lead is falling apart sort of but then also make a big play at the end. And it was so great to see Simmons hit the free throws at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, Andre Godala asked against, against those Bulls. Same, yes. same thing. Tony Petit yeah. was out there somewhere uh, 
hoping he's thinking of his kids. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like, yes, Chicago is bad. They've been better, you know, the second half of the season. Um, but in a game when they shoot 53% from beyond, David Nwaba, who I actually very much like, shoots 9 of 14 from the field and 3 of 3 from deep. He's not a shooter at all. Levine, 5 of 7. Bobby Portis, 6 of 9. Denzel Valentine, 2 of 3. Noah Vonley, who I'm getting shit for for formerly loving, would hit a 3. Like, it was just everything that they were that they shot was going in. And that's just a game where they're at home. It's right after the All-Star break. That That's a game that, that you lose. Even, even, like, actual good teams lose that game. Um, and for whatever reason, whether it's luck or just having i mean some some element of luck like that denzel valentine pass was bad enough that Embiid could could knock it away um but winning that i mean you just you just come out with a win and that is a game that they always lose like i i like i tweet about it it's the it's the they lose this game tweet and that's uh no longer the case i don't i don't have a handle on games that they will lose anymore um and I'm sure I will after the seven-game winning streak is over. But man, I mean, it feels it, it feels good to be on the other side of it. It really does. And as much as uh, as watching all the whole team play well is is very satisfying. Just having Joel Embiid on this team and watching him like continuously improve and figure things out and like learn things about himself on the court and anticipate. It's it's such a treat and it feels so deserved that we get to do this after what we've been through and uh i i, I tweeted this morning but i it, we're we're we have reached like a level of it how how is it this good and like if it if it never got any better than this i'd be okay with it because of the, because of how good this is and and when you say this at Embiid is so good. He is. Um, oh, one quick thing on the Bulls game is, I think I might hold on to this, but and it's not because he scored thirty-eight points. It was because he was annoying about it. Like fuck Bobby Portis. Sure. Like, like that's, his, that's his whole. That's his whole thing, though. He, you would. I mean, yeah. he's he's uh he's big Pat Beverly. Well, I don't know about that. Pat he's, Beverly's not a me guy. Bobby Portis looks like a me guy. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I see that. But in, in terms of like frustrating people, and yes. being angry, you know what's funny about I just noticed this last night is like everybody hates Zaza Pachulia, but like it, Pat Beverly for some reason gets gets away with being like the same sort of asshole. I think it's just Zaza's clumsier about it, maybe somehow. Um, Embiid is. Like there were moments in that Bulls game where if you, I think about this way with music. I take guitar lessons now and I was talking to my guitar teacher about two specific specific albums. I was talking about Appetite for Destruction, the Guns N' Roses album, and Nevermind, the Nirvana album. And I worked in rock radio so long and heard those songs so often, like they became, I became numb to those songs. Like it just became wallpaper. But then if I didn't listen to them after I stopped working in rock radio for a few years, sometimes I would hear one of those songs and remember how great they were like the first time I heard them. And that's sort of where I'm at with Embiid sometimes is he is so consistently incredible that 
it's only moments where I'm like, holy fuck, he's really, really good. And there were moments in the second half of that Bulls game and most of the Orlando game where he scored in just about every way possible and looked like he had complete control over everything, like from, you know, 17-foot pull-up jumpers to threes to, like, the Dirk move to the all Dirk of it. The Dirk he move, is, the, like, casual Dirk move was so... Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I just learned this the other day. Yeah. He... You know, obviously he can't be number one because their their record can't be, though they did give the, the MVP to Westbrook last year. Um, if he continues to play, like let's say he plays 68 games or something, and uh, he's at 45, I think now, or maybe 65, and the Sixers finish with like 45 wins, he's got to be top five MVP. I mean, he's, uh, you know, I... I know there's all certain, all different definitions of what MVP is, but this team would fall apart without him. Yeah, um, he's already in his second season, and his first season was only 30 games. Uh, he's already one of the the uh, guaranteed 10 best players in the NBA, and I think a top yeah. five. Well, we haven't talked about the know. we haven't talked about the All Star game yet, where he looked absolutely Incredible. like he belonged and yes, Mike D'Antoni taking him out for defense is the most inexplicable thing I've ever seen in my life. Maybe the best defender on the floor at the the time. Yeah, and then they immediately score at the rim, which wouldn't have happened if Embiid was there. Crazy. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. I I wonder if there's at some point where every time he plays a game, I do think about like, holy shit, if it goes bad with his health, this makes it worse. Like, no, I, I mean honestly, honestly, like you're not there anymore. No, I'm not even there. It's like. If he st- if he stopped playing, I mean, obviously it'd be the, it'd be devastating. I'd be I'd be sad forever. But if he stopped playing tomorrow, I wouldn't like resent him. If his, if his body just broke down, no, I'd be like, no, no. that was the best seventy seven games of my I've ever seen in my life, and uh, we're lucky to have that. We're lucky to have yeah. any games. Everything is gravy, and I I mean, he's played seventy seven games. Finally, if in five games people will stop saying he hasn't even played a full season yet, and I'm I'll throw a party for that. But, I mean, it's it's some it's something we've we've never seen before this fast. Like people keep coming up with numbers. Kyle Newbeck will tweet things and be like, "Look at all these, uh, you know, per thirty six forever." And it's just yeah. it is elite company to a degree that we've never seen uh, this quickly. And especially after sitting out his first two years and playing ba- starting not, not starting to play basketball until he's in his late teens, like it's. The fact that he's a sixer, if he ever plays for another team, I'm gonna blow up the NBA. Like no, we should we should form a wall to stop him from leaving. He's not allowed to ever leave. I will pay him whatever it takes, bust the process every game, whatever he needs to be appreciated. It's a it's a level of it's inexplicable how happy he makes the whole city. And how he t- and us specifically. He told J- John Johnson from WIP was covering the game last night, and he told John that he's at eighty-seven percent health so far. So he's hopefully he'll be at a hundred percent by the playoffs. He's been building on that, so it's nice to have him at eighty-seven percent. I can't imagine what a hundred percent looks like. He looks he looks bouncier. Like there was there was some especially yes, towards the, sure. towards the end of the um t- the beginning of the third quarter last last night uh, in the Magic game. It was. They looked so quick and 
uh, surgical with what they with what they were doing. I was like getting an open JJ yeah. shot, getting an open Embiid shot. I lo- I love JJ Embiid pick and rolls. Uh, I one day hope to replace them with Fultz Embiid pick and rolls, but for now JJ Embiid pick and rolls are very fun. Um, and they just it was just totally precision. Uh, getting all the places they need to get on the court, and it's they're. I mean, they're there. They're there. They're they're currently seven games over five hundred on a seven game winning streak. Um, how how far uh, they're a game and a half out of the four seed? Yes, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they would be a half game out if they beat Washington tonight. I think they're a half game out. No, they're a, they're a game out of the four seed right now. If if they beat okay. Washington tonight. They have. Uh, they would be ahead of Washington. Are you, but they haven't played the same number of games, though, have right. they? Right. They're still two games back because there was uh, right. the Celtics-London trip was sort of set them back. But we're there. And obviously, like, it's crazy to say we're two and a half games behind Cleveland for the three spot. I don't think we're going to get there. No. But holy shit. Yeah, Cleveland, now that LeBron's trying again, that'll be, that'll be tough. Um they're the they're, and, they're the like second best team in the league, with like tied with Golden State, behind Houston since the all since, since Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. What the hell are we doing? Who is this? I don't know. Who are we? Yeah. How do I root for a I good team? Know. I don't understand. Yeah, I, good thing. Uh, it's it's fun to know we're not going to handle it well. Yeah, gonna I'm not going to handle anything well ever. No. <laughs> all right. Before we continue, which uh, which sponsor you want to start off with today? Your your choice. Cornblow. Oh, shit. Okay. Kornblau and Kornblau, the official law firm of the process, Adam Kornblau. Mike, I introduce to you and to the listener a new section of the Kornblau, um, the Kornblau sponsorship, and this is helpful to the listener. You ready for this? I'm ready. It's going to be Kornblau auto insurance, uh, Kornblau auto insurance tips. So I was talking to Kornblau. And so much when you're in an accident or something, so much of what you're able to recover has to do with what uh, auto coverage you have. And most people, like if you've ever signed up for car insurance, there's so many friggin' options in there and you don't know what any of them mean. So every week we're going to give you a new little tip from Cornblow about what these things are. So the first thing this week, Mike, is full tort versus limited tort, which if you've ever signed up for car insurance, you see what it is, and you don't know what it is. So in a very simple way, um, full tort versus limited tort. So there are two kinds of damages you can get if you are in an auto accident and it's somebody else's fault. Okay. There's um, the easy ones to put like a money amount on, lost income, out-of-pocket medical bills, those sorts of things. But then the other one is, you know, potentially more money, but also harder to put a dollar amount on. And that is pain and suffering. We know what pain and suffering is. Yeah. Like, I've lived through pain, pain and, and suffering. suffering being a Sixers fan. Right. How much does that get right. me? Cornblow? Right. I don't know. You should call him and find out. So if you have full tort, you can always get pain and suffering back and the other money, the lost income and the out-of-pocket medical expenses. If you only have limited tort, you can't get pain and suffering unless you have like a serious injury, which is, as Adam explained to me, sort of hard to prove what a serious injury is. Mm-hmm. So um, now limited tort, you can get your, 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 your bills back and your loss of income, but it's really hard to get pain and suffering. So 
His analogy was this way, full tort like TJ McConnell, always available to you to drive your opponent crazy. Limited tort is Malcolm Brogdon, <laughs> limited usage, and sometimes prevents you from making a recovery. Wow. So, wow. Short, short story, it might cost you a little more per month, but get the full tort. Cornblow and Cornblow, best law firm in the Delaware Valley for personal injury, doesn't just do auto, does injured at work, does medical malpractice, a process truster, and comes to your house if you need him to. You don't need to go to one of his many offices. He um, insists on coming to your house. Yes. Even, even you if can't you keep him away. Yeah. Have Cornblow over for dinner. A cornblow meal. That sounds nice. If you think you might have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email. Cost you nothing unless he gets you money. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam or email him. Cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. The cornblow is spelled with a K and the and is spelled A-N-D. The rest of the spelling. It's up to you. Adam Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Before we get to the Kawhi stuff, Kawhi and LeBron stuff, Ben Simmons seems to have acknowledged in a couple of articles, a couple of press availabilities, how much he needs to be able to shoot and has been clearly shooting more threes and jumpers and warm-ups. Oh, is that weird? Is Uh, that weird that this was my whole plan? Spike? It's my whole... (laughs) I'm taking taking all the credit for this. He wasn't an all-star. Goran Dragic was, which is crazy. Kemba Walker on like a... 17 win Hornets team or whatever was crazy. Uh, and then he's not going to be rookie of the year because people like, I love, like, it's weird. It's weird for me to be Donovan Mitchell. I wish it was someone I, I hated so I could even go further because I do genuinely like Donovan Mitchell and think he is, he is a guy and thought he was a guy and would, lo- would have loved for him to be on the Sixers if the pick swap didn't happen. But he's rookie of the year because Simmons can't be. Because the way he's playing now and the anger with which he's shooting threes in warm-ups, you can see the focus on him. Honestly, I want, somehow I want him to like sit him for the playoffs so he shoots with his right hand. If that's the final, the final frontier that I have to – some sanctions get put on him to – I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let me ask you this, Mike. If somehow, some way, Ben Simmons, by the end of the season – is shooting 40% from three, will you seed him the Rookie of the Year award? Depends on how many attempts. No, I, think, I, say, think he, I think he will. I think he will start shooting threes. I think he will. I, he's, he is shooting them. The fact that he's shooting them publicly in warm-ups is yeah. a thing because there's a lot of guys that don't want people to see. Like they're embarrassed by the fact that they can't shoot from the outside there. And... Some big guys just want to do it. Like JaVale McGee shooting at warm-ups is fine. But Simmons doing it is we are close to him. You can see him starting to – he's taking that little turnaround from like 18, which, yeah. is, which is not a great shot. Uh, but I, I, I'm okay with him taking right. it. Just, yeah. I'd rather see him step into something rather than him fading away. His release is so wonky that he can't get – like the it's it's not a clean release anyway. I'd rather him just step into it. That's a it's a cleaner way to do that. But I think he's I think we are close to him in like the second quarter of a of a game against like the Hawks taking a three. Yeah, would be pretty exciting. Would be very exciting. Happen. Also, just the way the aggression he's playing with is yeah. truly impressive, and I, on both ends, 
pushing the ball up the court, taking it to the rim himself, throwing a couple lobs. I, we're good, man. We're in good shape. Everything's working according to plan. I just got to come up with a Marco Fultz plan, and we'll be, we'll be good to go. The new he who shall not be named. Uh, is oh my god. You know my favorite. I would say my current favorite move in the NBA is the Ben Simmons get out of my way the shoulder drive. Yeah, yeah. Where it, he almost does it when LeBron does it. It looks sort of brutal, I guess. Um, when Simmons does it, it's a little more graceful, and the 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 other person seems to secede a lot quicker. Um, they don't even try. He just shoulders them out of the way, and they almost fall like fall out of the lane. I think it's my favorite current move. People hate playing against Simmons. People hate it. Yeah, you can you watch yeah. them. He gets into a fight, or at least like a sparring match with somebody every single game. Like in the Bulls game, it was Nawaba. In this game, in the Magic game, it was Jonathan Simmons. Like there, he is angering people all the time. And between that and Embiid trolling people and TJ getting people half court or uh, meeting people full court to press him, and Covington with the pokes behind their back, and Dario just like inexplicably doing things. We are an annoying team, and I really, truly enjoy it. Before we get to Kawhi, can I, can I make one sort of Covington statement? I'm ready, to, I'm ready, I, to, make, I, I'm ready to make a, a full take about them winning two rounds in the playoffs, but yeah, go with your Covington statement. Uh, well, no, no, no. So everyone looks at his shooting percentage by month, and they're like, he's getting worse month after month. I would just like to say that sh- three-point shooting does not like normalize over months. That's not how it works. Like You almost need a couple of seasons to know what kind of three-point shooter a guy is. Generally, with numbers, you want to throw out like the high number and the low number, throw the other numbers together, and then you have what the guy is. So Covington's three-point shooting in, in October— like when you look at the percentages, it goes from 46 to like 36 to 34 to where he is now. The The October percentage was three games or, or however many games they played in October, four games. If you throw out October and throw out February, he's basically shooting 36% from three, which is just about where he is for his entire career. Like everyone wants like, a 40% three-point shooter to go two for five every game. And that's not what happens. You don't shoot 37% every month. I think he was a little bothered after he got hurt, after his fall into the uh, the uh, the other side yeah. in Cleveland. But but by and large, like this is who he's always been. He's probably not a 42% three-point shooter. He's probably 37%, which is where he's going to end up at the end of the year. He'll always be streaky. But most three-point shooters sort of are unless they're Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. Like when you look at Steph Curry's three-point shooting percentage, it bounces around all over the place. Um, he's just not as good as those guys. I just, the, the concern, and they're like, well, he goes down every month. Well, if he goes from 36% to 34.5% month to month, that's not down. <laughs> I hate to tell you, like in, in two different months, that's maybe one three-pointer made or or something like that. So I'm just... The, the Covington worry train, I'm not on it. I think he's fine. Yeah, no, I'm not worried either. I, I, I do wish, you know, I wish he shot, I wish he was a 40% three-point shooter. I wish he was Hollis, but he's not. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's, if he's, if he's a 37% three-point shooter with that kind of um, 
role in terms of, I mean, yeah. he's here for his defense, really. Like the fact that he shoots threes at 37% is is great, but he's he's good enough at on defense to where you pay him anyway. But he's not he's not a zero on offense. I like I I would like him to cut more. I think when Simmons has been driving and kicking out a lot more uh, the past couple weeks during this winning streak, but really, and I, I keep mentioning it, but the the true driving kick game. Uh, where defenses will have to react to all of the uh, all of the possibilities, whether it's like a lob to either Embiid or Rashawn, or a kick out to Redick or whatever, or just taking it to the rim himself or pulling up, is Fultz. I mean, Fultz is that guy that yeah. would open things up. I mean, Covington is getting – he's not taking as many contested threes as last year, but he's still taking some, or as, the, as in years past. But he's still taking some, and uh, hopefully you he just gets more open looks and, and bangs them in. I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not concerned either. I. I think he's. Yeah, okay. I think he's. Not, I think he's, he's, not, he's not quite he's as good as I want him to be, but still very good. Yeah, still really, really good, and at the and good price and starter, and you know, uh, and look, good locker room guy, time. all he, of it. Yeah, still, still time for him to be a thirty-nine percent three-point shooter rather than thirty-seven. So, um, you want to talk about Kawhi? Yeah, this feels like the part of the around the league segment a little bit. Oh, you think the around the league segment? I wanted to trash Adam Silver. We can do it um, all. Let's well, let's, but, let's look uh, at the playoff standings for, standings for one second, just okay. because because uh, it's, we're there. It is it is it is very tight from four to eight in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference right now. It's very tight in the Western Conference actually too. You don't want to admit that it's tight at three, also, but I I I'm okay with it because there's a chance someone tweeted at me and I'm they're gonna tell me to say the name because I don't remember. Uh, someone tweeted at me saying, when the Sixers play the Cavs later this week on Thursday, there's a chance they could be playing them to jump them in the standings. There's a chance. I just, there's a chance. I just, I have, I have mostly confidence that Cleveland is going to finish the, the, uh, I, I was listening to David Griffin. Uh, he was on with Zach Lowe. I listened to it as and well. And he basically, what's that? I listened to it as well. It was really good, I thought. I thought David Griffin was like, sounded like a guy that like is not interested in working the NBA anytime soon because he was very open yeah. <laughs> with all of his thoughts. Seemed healthy. But yeah, he was very like, hey, um, all those trades just made LeBron care again, and that's why they're good again. It, it has, doesn't have much to do with the other players. And uh, I think it will be hard for the Sixers to catch the Cavs in that situation. But of go course, ahead, do your playoff position. Of course, position. of course. Yeah. But, but how cool would it be for a day, to be the three to, seed. to be the three seed above yeah. the Cavs uh, after the All Star break, that sounds pretty good. It sounds unbelievable. Yeah. is what it sounds. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna lap the Cavs, but I, that four seed is just staring at me. I'm very excited. I keep waiting for Indiana to drop off, but I guess they're just they're just pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who do you want to face? Which is shocking to me. Who do you want to face? What's that? Say, say we get that. Say, say we get the four or four or five seed. So not Cleveland, Boston, Toronto. Who do you want to face in the first round between Miami, Milwaukee, Indiana, or Washington? Uh, I'll tell you, I don't really want to face Washington. Really? Um, yeah. I like they have the most talent of. Like I don't believe very much in Milwaukee actually. Um, I wouldn't mind Milwaukee. Fighting words a week before fly the process. Well, that's. Do you expect anything less out of me? I don't. Uh, 
I would love to face Miami or Indiana, I guess. You? Uh, I sort of want Washington. Uh, for the sharp angle. A little, nice. a little for the sharp angle. He texted me saying that he would die if they, if they faced off in the first round. Uh, <laughs> and I think, I think it would just be the most, like, give me, give me the legitimate team. Because they are the most legitimate of them. And I think that yeah. uh, it'd be an ugly ass series. It'd be like, they would be, there would be fights. There would be, it'd be yeah. physical. It'd be draining. And it'd probably go six or seven. But I, I think I want it. Also, because like, who's a, who's a, I almost called them the Bullets. That's crazy. Who's a Wizards fan? Who, their stadium is weak. They don't care. John Wall yep. wants to leave anyway. There's we would take over. By the way, the road games. Uh, I would add a bus the process for that. That'd too. be good. Go, yeah. Even though we're not allowed, and they won't ever sell tickets to us again. I'll, I'll task Joe with with getting us 500 tickets for a bus the process over there. That'd be good, and, and it would it would feel because they. I mean, they they fight with everybody. They have the rivalry with Boston also. Um, I love the the. By the way, I do love the dress in black funeral. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Boston. I, lo- I mean, I, I love John Wall. Yeah. I also love Brad Beal, and I love Kelly Oubre. I think there. I don't think. I don't think it's a definite that would win. I think that would just be like, let's go, let's go, take on the you know the best possible yeah. competition in the first round in the four or five. Also, yeah, it would be. It would I, be feel, the most I feel. I feel so. I feel so shitty if they lose to the Pacers. You know, if they lost to the Pacers right. in the first round, that'd be such a limp way to end the season. Scared money don't make money. Mike. True. Remember that. True. Scared. Uh, scared. Scared money won some money from Spencer Dinwiddie winning the. Uh, Skills competition. How about oh, that? There you go. <laughs> See? But that wasn't scared that money. That wasn't scared that money. Was, that was believing in yeah. myself. Absolutely. All right. Before we get to Around the League with Ish Smith, let's talk about our sponsor, The Athletic. The? Theathletic.com. Athletic. Get premium sports coverage of the Sixers. You know, I was thinking maybe, I know we just had Derek on, but Derek Bodner of The Athletic was at um, Sloan. Uh, Sloan where Hinky spoke and Chris Bosch said he liked the nickname Trust the Process, I guess. And uh, oh. I'm sure he'll write something on The Athletic this week about Sloan. But um, might be might be fun to have him see if we could get any secrets out of him that he may have learned at Sloan. I'm sure. The, uh, the Athletic gives you the best Sixers coverage anywhere, the best coverage of all of your teams, and there are... No annoying ads. There are no clickbait headlines. They are just giving you the very best possible coverage. Three-man team on the Sixers. That is Bodner, Hoffman, and Mike O'Connor. Of course, they have a. They signed everybody for their Major League Baseball coverage. Everybody. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was reading some Matt Gelb yesterday. Yeah, but and and nationally, everybody. They just they're and it's not just Philly. When you sign up. You get all of their you get their national writers obviously, but you get all the regional um, the regional stuff too. They're in uh, I think seven markets now. So look, there's no reason there's no reason to not have it. Truth, no, truthfully, at this point, there's no reason to not have it. Yeah, I'm sort of angry at anyone that doesn't yeah. have it. Stop waiting. With our discount, it's three dollars and seventy four cents a month. We, you get twenty five percent off if you go to theathletic.com/rtrs. Theathletic.com/rtrs. Go get your discount so we're not mad at you anymore. Let's do around the league with Ish Smith. Okay. So Kawhi Leonard, the story comes out from Woj that Kawhi Leonard is cleared to play but has chosen not to play because he doesn't know if he can handle the 
you know, it's about pain tolerance, I guess, at this point. He can't injure himself further. And that's the Woj report that's not based on anything Kawhi has said because he hasn't spoken to the press. In years, yeah. So, uh, you know, this leads to speculation, in ter- including with, with previous speculation this year, and, and I think well-sourced writers with well-sourced reports, that all is not harmonious within San Antonio. And he is up next year is the last year of his deal, assuming that he doesn't take a player option, which he wouldn't because he'd be eligible for a giant contract. And it leads people to start thinking, could he be had if he doesn't want to be in San Antonio? And the question becomes, do, you know, do the Sixers have the assets to, I would want to trade for him in a second. He's obviously, I think he's, uh, the only the only thing that would make me a little nervous is I'm a little nervous about San Antonio players because I think though Kawhi Leonard is really really good, he might not be as good as he looks in San Antonio. I think that's why players don't leave there because like they know they're not as good as they are as they are in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But um, the question becomes, what would you trade for him? So here are the two packages I want to propose to you. The first package, I say. Markel Fultz, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and the pick that's left over from the Lakers-Kings nonsense. Oh, so not the Sixers first. Either like the 11th pick this year or like a possible number three pick next year. Correct. That's crazy. I think that's crazy. I I love Kawhi, but he hasn't played this year. And there's, I mean, he played nine games, there's, and, but not like, it was a sporadic nine games. And we have experience with guys who don't feel ready to play. And I don't, th- I think, look, if it was healthy Kawhi Leonard, no problems Kawhi Leonard, I would probably do that. That's a lot. That's a lot. But I would probably do that because the Kawhi Simmons Embiid uh, threesome is just crazy. Um, that's yeah. still a lot. I wouldn't be thrilled about it because that's a lot, but that's it would be what it'd have to take. So, but a but a hurt Kawhi Leonard, I I don't I don't think that it would cost that much at all. What if after the year you have reasonable assurance that this particular injury is healed? Um, maybe maybe like a maybe like a full Dario cover, like I maybe like three of the four. Of those four assets, mm-hmm. but not not all of them. No. Well, then I think I know your answer to this one. And let's say again, a healthy Kawhi Leonard. Would you trade Ben Simmons for him? It's a great question. A, a, an actual healthy Kawhi Leonard versus yeah. Simmons on his rookie deal. Like, I don't know. Here's, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. In in a in a vacuum, Ka- Kawhi Leonard is one of the five best players in the league. Uh, right. And I would trade anything for him, anything that's not Embiid. But right. we don't exist in a vacuum. We exist in the context of of uh, this Sixers team and how they're playing now, and how and mm-hmm. and how Brett coaches them, and how what the mood is like. All of it. It things can turn quickly if it's not the right cocktail of success. And. I, I don't want to fuck with this team. Like not not just because they won seven in a row, but because this whole this whole season, like they are building something and they truly are. And that's why I keep we're not on LeBron yet, but I keep being like, I don't I don't want to touch anything. Like I don't 
I want to add a nice free agent piece this offseason and then just like let it ride. And I want Fultz to get healthy and figure himself out and all that stuff. I, I don't want to start well, trading big pieces because I think that we have, well, I think there's truly something here. And, and, you know, I think people are going to call us crazy for even discussing it. I, I think in very simple terms, you're saying, would you trade a guy who has a chance to be one of the five best players in the league for one of the guys who you know is one of the five best players in the league? That's like, in the, that's the math of it. Simmons, Kawhi, are you talking? I, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm more just saying that, like, the, I think Embiid is good enough to be your best player on a championship team. Getting Kawhi, yep. obviously, would be unbelievable. Um, well, that that's two guys that you're sure can be the best. Absolutely, player absolutely. But I think right. I think Simmons can can grow to to be a legit yeah. a legitimate guy next to him, um, especially if that if that uh, Levin based jump shot develops. But <laughs> it, the 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 like the the chemistry, the locker room stuff. The I mean, I just I just believe in these guys, man. I know that it's a it's it is a it is a homerish take for sure. Is a very emotional take. It's an I, emotional I, I take, absolutely. It. Yeah. Um, but it's only because like things are going well. Like if 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 we were, you know, twenty eight and thirty two and being like it still feels good, then then it's like no, you you know it's a little fool's gold. But this feels like truly there can be something here, winning a round or two, and uh, knowing no, it's you know who. Knowing that Kawhi is how old is he? Twenty eight. No, he's he's twenty six. He's twenty six. That's the only six twenty six. Um, yeah, but the uh, the uncertainty of he's of, younger than Covington. Yeah, it's crazy. The uncertainty of his health and how and how much of a role he played in in San Antonio. If that if that was like they over they overworked him or something in those couple years, and that's why he's his body is not going to be the same. Like that, it scares me. It's it's it scares me away from doing that because. Simmons is healthy and everybody's happy. You, you know the irony and comedy of us not wanting a guy because of injury problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're there. We don't need him anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, the math of it would be totally different, and we can move on to LeBron now. The math of it would be totally different if Fultz had been – it would be a more interesting question if you knew Fultz was a thing, I think. Yeah. Um, and I don't you know, think – I mean, so. it'd be interesting to see that – if San Antonio traded for Fultz, that would be very interesting because of their success with – making guys shooters but that's generally like making non-shooters shooters not like figuring out whatever whatever's going on with right okay lebron so the lebron thing comes up again because bill simmons writes in a column they're doing lebron versus jordan week um uh which i had some other thoughts on but i don't think we'll have time for but um he writes a thing that if lebron wants to pass michael jordan he should go to philly because that's where the opportunity is for the most championships. So, you know, part of me thinks, a large part of me thinks Simmons is dual uh, trolling and reverse jinxing the Sixers. Um, He accidentally admitted in a podcast um, like two weeks ago that he reads his Twitter replies, which (laughs) definitely means he knows how angry most of Philadelphia is at him and probably enjoys it um, and also knows of it, knows it because of the people in his office. Sure. So he, and he also says in there that there is more talk around the league that this is like, could be a thing. Um, I actually agree with band from the podcast, Kevin O'Connor 
whose take is that the better narrative for LeBron, like I don't think that I personally don't think that the the thing for LeBron is more championships. Like I don't think he can just be a championship hunter um, because I think people would would sniff that out, um, which is why I think the Lakers thing is a bigger thing for him. But also, I still just don't want him to come here. <laughs> and I will only become more staunch in that belief. And people will say that I'm an idiot. Yep. I don't want the best player. Yep. But I just, I don't want to, to quote co-worker Ike Reese, like he will come here and suck all the air out of the room. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want it. I don't want any part of it. So There's something so pure about what's happening now. And we're, it's like homegrown, truly built, bring in a free agent that blends in with these guys and just let them all improve together. And as cool, as crazy as it would be to say, Hey, the process netted us the best two way center in the NBA. Uh, whatever the hell Simmons is. I don't know. And then LeBron decides, yeah, that's, that's the place for me. That'd be the coolest thing in the world. But again, it's looking good. <laughs> we look good now. And these people will continue to get better and more guys will want to come here. And guys that don't, you know, I, I love LeBron. I've always been such a, I've been always a LeBron fan. But it's, it becomes the LeBron show. And is especially, it's like, it comes like another stop on his tour. I think to, to me, the better narrative for LeBron would be to go to the Knicks. I've been saying that all along. To go to the Knicks, resurrect basketball in New York. And him and Porzingis be like the guys together. You know, um, uh, we have a caller on Right Streaky Radio every week named Eric from Miami that is the most anti Colangelo guy I ever. He's so anti Colangelo, um, and his accent is such that for the first several weeks when he called, I was convinced it was Dietrich. He sounds just <laughs> like Dietrich. But he made a comment that when recruiting free agents, the general manager is important because of like the the gravitas that that person brings, like you know, in part in bringing a um, you know bringing LeBron to Miami. There was Pat Riley as part of it. Um, Daryl Morey uh, sort of Daryl Morey said that the the most important thing is the players. Uh, the second most important thing is ownership, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I just like. The thing, and I agree with you at the Knicks. I, I think um, New York basketball fans are pretty dedicated. You know, they don't get a lot of credit, but they're pretty dedicated. I think it would be pretty cool. But it's really hard to, when you're talking about, like, who they would bring to that meeting and then who the Lakers would bring to that meeting, I just think the Magic Palinka meeting is more impressive than whatever the Knicks bring at this point. It's a shame yeah, but- that they have the ownership they do in New York. But if it, if it was LaMarcus Aldridge or even Paul George or... Kemba Walker, Dame Lillard, those guys. Like then, then you're like, you, allow me to be persuaded. But it's LeBron. LeBron. LeBron brings right. the gravitas. He is his own. Yeah. He is his own thing. Corporation. So I, I don't think that he's going to be like. I mean, there. I was reading those. Uh, the possibility of the Lakers thing and and the narrative of like LeBron going to L.A. and saying I'm going to learn from Magic and and become, you know, the next billionaire self-made billionaire whatever um i buy it but it seems just seems to me like he won one in cleveland and that felt important because it was that's where he's from and 
He went to Miami and won one on his terms with his guys. And that's great. That was, that was him orchestrating that as GM. To, to, do it on, on, to do it in L.A. where it's been done so many times before. And with all, just, just another name and adding, be like, hey, all the LeBron-Kobe arguments, now they just play for, play for the same franchise. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. I never thought, I mean, I could see him it, going to the Clippers and being like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the face of these guys and turn these guys into the show. I, it's, to me, I, New York feels like the place to do it because there's just not, there's been such a dearth of success there for so long that I think he could be like, all right, I'm bringing it back and I'm going to bring, you know, whoever with me. He'll pick, pick a guy in the can, league and he'll go there. Can you imagine, though, all of the Kobe Lakers fans who have spent 15 years yeah, talking yeah. about how Kobe is better than LeBron, like yeah. just changing? Yeah. <laughs> including, including, including Alyssa. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. That would be great. Yeah. Um, but she wants him. She does want right. him. But uh, I, would, I, want, I want him to go to New York. I think, that's, I think it's fun. Let him stay in the East. Uh, having like a Knicks Sixers rivalry would be really, really cool. Knicks Sixers Celtics. That would be rad. Hates that a I think that that Chris Depps thing hurts that a little bit. I don't think the Knicks are a real possibility, but it would be a cool story. Yeah. Um, final thing on around the league with a Schmidt. Do you mind if I if I uh, if I if I if I take the mic for a second here? Go, go for it. Um, we talking okay. about Mar- Mark Cuban? Uh, no, no, more Adam Silver than Mark Cuban. We okay. can talk about Mark Cuban in, in general. But so this week, uh, Zach Lowe had a report that the um, the NBA is looking at the possibility of a play-in tournament for the eighth seed, mimicking Bill Simmons's long, um, long thought of entertaining as hell tournament between the, the seventh seed, eighth seed, ninth seed, and tenth seed, a single elimination tournament to get the eighth seed. And somehow, um, in some fucking way, like that this helps eliminate tanking, which is another fucking lie. Uh, everything Adam Silver does is fake and for show. It is all nonsense. Uh, this, th- the idea that somehow um, having a play-in tournament for the eighth seed would do anything to change tanking is absurd. All it would do is once again make the regular season less meaningful. Like why, if I'm the seventh seed, let's say the Sixers are the seventh seed this year and they win 45 games. And let's say the 10th seed is Charlotte who wins 36 games. I just won nine more games, which is like 10% of the entire schedule more than Charlotte. And now I got to play them one time um, in a game where you a, a game where you play 82 games a season. And in the playoffs, you normally play a seven-game series. I got to play Charlotte one time, a team that I thoroughly outperformed during the year, and my season could be over because of that. And all in the name of, of I don't understand how it changes tanking. Like the top, the worst seven teams are still going to try to lose. And by the way, the other thing he did with lottery smoothing, like there's, there's like six teams or seven teams this year who are really, really bad, who would still want to be in the bottom three um, and would lose all they could to get in the bottom three to get the best lottery odds. The lottery odds before were not good. They were just the best odds possible, which is the same thing they would do. Yep. If David Silver really, Adam Silver really cared. Uh, oh, and then there's the whole uh, Mark Cuban fine, 600000 He's going char- to fine Mark Cuban $600,000 for saying that they're going to lose on purpose. 
But the Bulls decide to sit Robin Lopez the rest of the year, who is fully healthy and fully effective, and they are fine nothing. So it's not that you tank that's the problem. It's that you say it out loud that it's the problem. If he wants to get rid of tanking, he would get rid of the draft. If he really wanted parity, he would have a hard cap, eliminate max salaries for individual players, and he would eliminate the draft and just allow teams in small markets to overpay for um, the best players. It is uh, He's lying. He has no interest in eliminating tanking. He has no interest in uh, having actual parity. He wants everything to stay exactly the same as it is. He just wants to placate people who barely pay attention and think, oh, well, this will change something. Like, and by the way, how does the other thing he introduces is um, is like uh, the the playoff realignment, which doesn't make the first round any better. It does mean that the best two teams could play in the finals, but like the first round is still Golden State versus some shitty team, Houston versus some shitty team, or like the team. You're still gonna have sweeps in the first round and five game series in the first round. I just think the guy is such like a, a fraud and gets so much like positive publicity for all the uh, ingenuitive like moves that he makes. And I think it's bullshit and I can't stand him. And he forced Sam Hinkie out. And because of that, I am going to point out every fake thing he does for the rest of his slimy career. He looks like a, uh, a comic book movie villain. He looks like he should be sitting in a, a big chair in front of a bunch of screens, s- uh, stroking a cat, thinking about what n- next evil bullshit thing he should do. And I can't stand him. I'm not going to argue with that. I do think he wants to get rid of tanking. I think it's wrong. I think there's nothing that he can do. And he's going to do these bullshit Band-Aid things that, and, and, and claim that he's fixing it. But it's not. They're all failing and he's stupid. But uh, he do, I do think he wants to get rid of it. But like, there's always going to be bad teams. There's always going to be bad teams. And as long as you incentivize those bad teams with a good draft pick, which is what you should do because you want yes. the bad teams to get better. That's the idea. That's the whole fucking thing is if you're bad, you know what they go should to the do? draft and get better. They should get rid of the fucking lottery and just be like every team in, in be like baseball or football and just give the worst team the best pick and get them yeah. better. And then they won't be bad for very long. Yeah. Stop having the worst team maybe get the fourth best pick because they got unlucky in the lottery. It's stupid. I think it's a little off brand of you to say get rid of the lottery. Uh, <laughs> that is not something that the Ricky, right, Ricky Sanchez supports. But no. yeah, the, the idea, the, the lottery has always been dumb. It's incredibly dumb. It's why I like it so much because... It's saying like, "Hey, here are the bad teams, and let's just like zhuzh it up a little bit. It's not gonna be too, yeah. it's not gonna be too much, but like, let's just give it a little zhuzh and see, see what what falls out here. But like, yeah, the bad teams are always gonna be bad. They want the best odds. The fact that you're not the best odds don't guarantee the top pick just means that they might get unlucky. They're still gonna go for it. It just means they might get unlucky yeah. and not get it. And they might have to do it for two years or three years or four years rather than just one. It's unbelievable. Um, speaking of the lottery. Let's talk about um, a man who has um, who aims to be the star of the lottery party every year, and that is our sponsor, L.L. Pavorsky of L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Mike, you might remember last year, L.L. gave away the first uh, two years ago at the lottery party. He gave away a custom TTP diamond ring. Last year at the lottery party, he gave away a engagement ring, and we had Alan and Chandler 
get engaged at the lottery party. <laughs> All I'll say is this, Mike. We are planning something bigger for this year's lottery party. <laughs> it's, I, I have heard it, and it's yep. absolutely insane. Yeah. So the lottery party, um, uh, May 15th, tickets will be available in March, by the way. L.L. Pavorsky will have an outstanding giveaway at the lottery party. That's all. That's all I'm going to say at this point. You if, you have really orchestrated something that uh, that is <laughs> that has synergy for all of our yep. uh, advertisers, our closely held advertiser friends, and uh, and I I think I think people will, are not prepared for for what's about to happen at the lottery party. <laughs> for I, the dumbest I, I certainly aren't. I'm something I'm prepared. Yeah, <laughs> your reaction was 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 pretty priceless um, when we talked about it. So, if you don't uh, now, the other thing that LL Pavorsky does, aside from make the lottery party hilarious, is um, is he sells engagement rings, and he's the best guy that you could possibly buy an engagement ring from because he is um, the best guy. Period. You can trust him. He will um, lead you through the uh, process of buying a, an engagement ring. He will give you the best price, the best quality, and be the best guy about it. Um, all you have to do to buy an engagement ring from Ella Pavorsky, like 70 of our listeners have done, is call him at 215-627-2252. Visit him at, online at llpavorsky.com. You could visit his store at 707 Walnut, or you can just tweet at him at LL Pavorsky, and he will once again be a big part of the lottery party this year, information to come. For every show, Lee makes a generous donation to Justice Rescue and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Malcolm Broglin's Broglin. <laughs> All right, I lost it. I'm, going, I'm losing it. it. Malcolm Broglin. That's it. Uh, I want to talk about the... Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the the uh, uh, the Sports Illustrated thing for a second, the Cuban thing, because I think it's going to keep being. Oh yeah, because I think it's going to keep being a right. bigger story because I think this is obviously it's, the other Cuban. It's coming thing. out. Right. Yeah, but it's the whole it's the whole Cuban thing, and that he, uh, first of all, Sports Illustrated ran a story, um, a whole feature about the rampant sexual harassment culture, and uh, in some cases, uh, abuse. Um, of the Dallas Mavericks. Now it was, it was specifically one CEO who's no longer with the team who went to Under Armour and then got fired uh, for this behavior, and then one Mavs.com writer who uh, was allowed to stay on even after uh, the uh, there were charges made and the Canada didn't let him into the country, which is just it's just crazy. But was what was heartening about that article was. The report that like the Mavs locker room was a almost a haven for for female reporters and people working on the team, um, which is not the case everywhere, uh, I'm sure. But it was right. good in this. It was good in this instance that that you know this this locker room was was the players were kind and thoughtful and not uh, not abusive. Uh, Cuban came out and said that the reporter. The reason he didn't fire him was because if he did, then some other team would hire him and then it would just happen again, which is some of the worst logic anyone's ever used ever. And for him to be, he's, he's taking the blame, but also like making a show that he's taking the blame for this. You can't be like the most 
claimed to be the most like uh, active owner, the most hands-on owner, and say, this is my team, I know everything that's going on, and then not know everything that's going on. You can't, you can't have it both that's, ways. Yeah. That's, that's the, I think that's the, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, like, no, go. I could, I could, I could imagine a world in which like Josh Harris is never here, right? He's always in New York. He like, like other people run this, this, this team. I could imagine there are things that Josh Harris doesn't know that happen with the Sixers. Um, sort of like Paterno with Penn state. I can't imagine a world in which Mark Cuban. Now, it's certainly possible that he doesn't know what happens, but you can't be Mr. I'm the GM and I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the court every time yeah. and I'm this and I'm that and then not know such serious things are going on. Like that is a, a major failure for a guy who paints himself as a very, very, very hands-on sort of guy. Yeah, and the, mo- and the most famous owner in sports. Like Ramona Shelburne was on with Woj and said that, you know, if this gets worse, which it might, uh, and probably will, and if not with the Mavericks, then it'll, other stuff from other teams and other leagues will come out. Um, but if they try to edge out Cuban, there's a real, I mean, he's the kind of guy that, that would dig up dirt on everybody and expose the whole right. system. And right. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. But um, I, what I will say is this kind of culture, this kind of sexual harassment culture, abusive to women culture, uh, is everywhere in society and also and i would say possibly even more so in sports because of the you know toxic masculinity that comes with being a um you know an athlete that refers himself as like a soldier and a a killer and those kinds of things It, it lends itself to um not all the time of course but it it's a very male environment and male centered environment and uh other stuff from other teams will come out, and I think if it, it, I have no, I have no knowledge of anything about the Sixers. Just want to come out with that on front. But if something with the Sixers were to come out, I just want to vow to uh, treat it as if it was any other team, because there's no, oh, sure, there's yeah. no like giving them a pass because they're our team. Like it's unacceptable. No, and it I, should be, it should be yeah. out everywhere. And uh, the NBA is a great league, even despite your boy Adam Silver. Um, but, uh, there's no reason that this, this kind of behavior should be tolerated and, uh, we should just wash it out entirely and let it, let everybody, I hope it all comes out. I hope everything comes out and then we can get the people that are responsible out of the league and out of their teams and, uh, have a healthier work environment. I agree with you. And I, I think, uh, I wonder stress. I ha- we have no knowledge nothing. of Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not, not hinting at anything whatsoever. Yeah. And and I hope that I hope that's what it is. That's the case. I've never even heard a whisper of something happening with the Sixers. So, um, you know, I've I've never heard anything like that. So, that's that's good. But um, to your point, uh, this stuff exists like is more rampant than I think people know or or would care to admit. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think historically, I think you know, if if people were to think back, you know, depending on how long you've worked, I, I know. You nor I work in a um, in a prototypical workplace, um, but like any, anyone who's worked at any job for a long period of time, if you think back far enough um, and think enough, you will think of situations that seem um, crazy if you say them out loud. You know, um, in situations like this, even situations that are not quite as um, 
as obvious as the ones that that sometimes come to light you know um the, the ones that are more subtle and like um you know, not like putting your genitalia on somebody, like not everything is like that, um, which, which comes out too, which is absolutely like, I've never seen anything like that, but I guess it happens, but it is terrible. And I'm glad it's coming to light. And, um, I hope that Mark Cuban's, um, bite is as much of, is it equals his bark on this one. And he, 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 he helps, um, helps real change happen rather than just, you know, you know, taking, taking, uh, taking blame and then hoping it goes away. The most frustrating thing is the HR guy to me because there's going to be shitheads everywhere. There's yeah. going to be shitheads that right. abuse their yeah. power and stuff. But when you're, you're, you're the head of HR and people come to you with complaints and you, and you right. say like tough shit, like that's almost worse to me. It's just, it's ab- like just abdicating all responsibility in such a gross way. Yeah, I agree. I hope that uh, um, one, just one thing. I hope that, yeah, a lot of things won't come to light. Obviously, everything can't. But hopefully, the this this moment, and especially now that it's like entering the uh, the the sports world, that will at least allow teams to get ahead of situations like this. And uh, you know, without even if it doesn't get exposed publicly and and a huge feature on Sports Illustrated, uh, people can take steps to to wash this out even uh, b- before that happens. You know. Yeah. Well, how about this? Mark Cuban's launching an investigation into his team. How about like every owner launch the same investigation into your organization to make sure everything's okay yeah. like at this point? Like if I were, it's almost like, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not meaning to trivialize it, but like I remember when I drove across country to go to California when I went to college out there. And my mom was like, hey, before you drive out there, take your car to the mechanic and make sure it's okay to drive it out there. Like, like, why don't you do some, if, if you're, if you run an organization that's that big and that powerful and you have that much to lose, why don't you do some preventative maintenance and, and just go make sure that it's not happening. Hey, we, you ca- know? we care Ask about this. Questions. We're going to, we don't yeah. know anything about this right now for our organization, but let's just make sure. And let's make sure that it's a safe work environment and everybody's not uh, abused. Let's wrap it up with uh, something a little more, a little lighter. So bust the process three is next weekend yes we will be if you if you now if you're going you should have an email in your inbox from joe at fans of philly with your with all of the information where you um what your flights are where you get your t-shirt where you get your tickets uh where the party is on friday night to watch sixers hornets all that stuff if you haven't gotten that email email him at joe at fans of philly.com um we had talked for a while and as Mike knows, I'm working on a special surprise for everyone. Everyone is, is going to take a picture on the court um, at the, uh, after the game, which is going to be awesome, but I'm working on, on something even more fun. Um, we hadn't decided for sure who we're booing, mm-hmm. right? I think some of the options were... Um, uh, who, I, Wasn't I, it spacing John Hansen or Tony Snell? Or er- right. Eric Bledsoe? And who is... Eric Bledsoe because of the Kentucky comment. Sure. The Eric Bledsoe one we decided was too easy and obvious. Mm-hmm. I think Tony Sn- is assuming that Tony, I didn't even check. Tony Snell plays enough. He does. Right? He does. Yeah. Okay. So I say every time Tony Snell, here are the two things that should evoke booing. Every time Tony Snell touches the ball. Well, wait. Well, wait. Aren't isn't didn't we didn't we, wasn't the ultimatum that if the Bucks do yeah. something, then we won't boo Tony yes. Snell. And that was if. Oh God! It was something. Doesn't Brogdon have to like? 
I thought it was. Oh, I, thought it was put, I thought it was Brogdon taking a picture with us. Brogdon taking a picture with us, or uh, them putting Brogdon on the screen for us to boo. Sure. Yeah. I think either right. of those would be would be just fine. Right. So here's what I, what I'll need from the Bucks. I'll need either the picture with us, um, or I will need Brogdon on the screen three times for us to boo, <laughs> and then we won't boo Tony Snell. <laughs> And let's, inexplicably let's just say, Milwaukee got like just lovely Milwaukee fans just baffled as to why their yeah. injured rookie of the year is getting booed mercilessly at a home game <laughs> they have to do it can you imagine after they do it the first time and somebody in the building is like we can't do that two more times and he goes if we don't do it two more times they're just going to do it to Snell <laughs> which just makes gonna boo Tony Snell. we have contingency yeah. plans we are holding you hostage with boos yeah so um and let's just say, like, I know, let's just say, like, the, the Bucks organization knows where to find me if they would <laughs> like to agree to any of these things. Um, here's the other thing I would like to say, and I'm going to send an email out through Joe's uh, email. Somebody asked me about Chance, uh, about the, the Kelsey Union song or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do any chants that have profanity in them because I don't want Here's here our brand yes. is annoying, insufferable, but not 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 confrontational in a physical way, and n- not give them any real reason to throw us out. And personally and nice. If we're singing personally nice and thoughtful. Yes, yes. Like if you if you're the other team's fan and you come up and you talk to us about how ridiculous this is, we will laugh and talk to you. Um, now, if you confront us like that guy in Washington, yeah. we're going to chant first-round knockout at you. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a very thin line. So what I would say is is that all of the chants, and I'm sure we'll have some great ones, uh, no profanity. And I will say, like, like, be cognizant that we are in somebody else's arena. And, like, we don't want to fight. We're not tough. Let's not get nobody drink too much to get themselves thrown out. Like, I want... I don't want basically like my my idea is if you were to write this down, it can it has to look more ridiculous than it looks offensive. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm going for. Yeah. So always ridiculous. So should be a lot of fun. No, I'm excited. I'm sorry you can't make it. I know I'm bummed I can't make yeah. it. But my dad and my brother will be there. I know some other folks that are going. Yep. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm excited to also watch it live. Uh yes. To enjoy to see how it's covered and what and what uh, what you guys do and what uh, Mark and how Mark and Allah and Molly cover it. Yeah, well, they did they did a good job. Bust the process to DC. They put uh, John Wintermute on TV and he talked during the game. And uh, yeah, let's see. And this game's on ESPN too, so you know we could get a, a more national. You know, if uh, does Doris Burke work for ESPN because she does follow the Ricky on Twitter now. Yeah, she or does. does. She worked for TNT, ESPN. Um, th- then Doris, if you want to come talk to us, um, if you're listening to this, we're open to that Love sort that. of thing. Love you know? DB. A couple more things before we go. TJ has not yep. been great lately. Uh, feels like he's pressing a little bit, over dribbling, especially like at the ends of quarters. Sort of just a little too much pivoting. Just a lot of pivoting mm-hmm. and and uh, hesitation. I think he's just needs to let the game come to him and and uh, relax a little bit. Uh, I love Rashawn getting some minutes last night. Um, keep him fresh. You never know when somebody gets hurt. Great dunk and scream. Great dunk yep. and scream. Absolutely. Um, really a, a vital in the pick and roll. Uh, would definitely want to keep keep getting him minutes. Uh, and I feel bad for Bayless. I do. I feel bad for Jared Bayless. Uh, 
it he should be I want to get him a couple minutes let him get hot a little bit give him TJ played 31 minutes last night TJ can play 22 in the in yes. that game and Bales can play 8 like let him let him just you know he's a thoughtful guy he hasn't been playing well but if he, he's he's a guy that could in the past get you a bucket and uh, we don't have too many of those guys. I would like to just make sure we get him some minutes. I don't know if him and Brett have some uh, some deal worked out where he doesn't want to play or something. I don't know. But uh, I, I feel, yeah, maybe. I, I just like feel his, bad for him. His wrist was never healed. That's the, the talk. And he's certainly capable of hitting open threes and hitting three in a row at some point. So yeah. I would love to have the quote-unquote Jared Bayless game at some point before yeah. this before the season's over. Let's do it. I, I would take one of those. Um, also, uh, right. trial and error oh. season two, um, we have just cast oh. our lead, uh, replacing John Lithgow because oh, every, every year, every year was always, uh, like a new, um, client basically. So Lithgow was last year. This year is Kristen Chenoweth of Wicked and Pushing Daisies and West Wing and Glee. Uh, wow. she's going to be fun. It's gonna be funny. The show is on Hulu and NBC.com. Um, all the whole first season will be available in the next couple months. Right now, you can only watch the last like five episodes, which is annoying. Um, but when it's when it's all available, I will tell you guys so you can watch the whole first season. Uh, cool, that's it. Congratulations on the uh, the casting and the new season. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, we uh, got. I was we gonna... got one second. We got four games before yeah. uh, before the bu- Bucks the process. Um, if they win. Against the Wizards, Heat, Cavs, and Hornets, they will be riding an 11-game win streak with you into into Chicago, then Milwaukee. Uh, that'd be something to be excited about. Yeah, we will be f- fucking murder at that point. <laughs> we'll be. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a podcast w- uh, with you from Chicago, from the hotel room. Oh yeah, that'll from- be fun. My wife, uh, I'll be able to do the podcast in front of her as she is full of regret um, for going on the trip. Oh, I didn't know Val was going. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, she's going because Joe's, I mean, Joe's girlfriend Paige is going. So it'll be, there'll be someone for her to, uh, like a a respite from (laughs) from our insanity. I like Joe and Paige. They're nice. Yeah, they're they're very nice. And oh, and one other thing about bust the process. So a lot of people ask me about the uh, the T-shirt is a playoff of Metallica's "And Justice for All" album with Embiid, and people asked about selling the T-shirt. I am usually um, against selling T-shirts with specific player images on them because um, I I don't feel like it's fair. So how about this? Somebody mentioned this to me. I'm run it by you. Um, Embiid has a foundation in the name of his brother who passed away. Mm-hmm. What if we sold the shirts and donated the um, the money to to that foundation? Love it. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. We should do that. Great. So, so keep. We'll let you know when we're going to do it, but we'll do that. It's a pretty. I, I like the shirt too, as a Metallica fan. So, forty-five seconds uh, on the Sixers dis- disallowing a hinky shirt at halftime. So I got a tweet last night. Let me find it. This is somebody I should I should definitely say the name. I feel like um, wait, hold on, let me find it. Um, so I got a tweet last night. Oh, here we go. Um, it's from Justin at J D Jigga four eight eight five. Terrible Twitter name. 
He says, was shooting at half court, was shooting half court shot for season tickets today. I didn't make it. Hit back rim. Was wearing my Sam Hinkie shirt under my vest. They made me go under the bleachers to take the shirt off and put on a new one, quote, by order of Sixers president and chief marketing officer. Um, now, if you'll remember correctly, this happened to three people the first game after um, Hinky resigned. I may or may not have stabbed a couple of those people with the Hinky shirts wow. as they asked them for me. Yeah. Uh, look, here's the thing, Sixers. Here's all I'll say. You are under control of whatever you do. It's a bigger story if you don't allow it because they're going to tell us, and I'm always going to retweet it. If you just let the guy with his vest go up there with the hinky shirt, no one's going to fucking know. Um, so that's my only statement on the matter. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I agree. I think it might be a bigger story if they, uh, if they let him shoot it. And Only if he makes it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because it's dark. And, and by the way, like now Josh Harris is saying trust the process. Yes. Scott O'Neill is hashtagging TTP. Yep. And Scott O'Neill was on another podcast last week. I forget the name of it. Some like Ted talky type podcast that someone pointed out to me and was talking about like the, gave Tony Roten credit and gave the origins of trust the process and how it was a godsend. Oh, man. So if everyone's going to talk about trust the process and blah, 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 like we can't, uh, shit. Siri thought, thought I said her name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, then you know, it's a little disingenuous to not allow the hanky shirt. More than a little, but I can see how they're in a tough spot. Look, they, we put them in a tough spot, and yeah, well, I enjoy it. I'm glad. It I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that we did that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 funny because it's been how long has it been since Hinky was gone? Almost two years now. Couple. It'll it'll, it'll be two years in in, in April, right? April, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that Brian Colangelo didn't think that it would last this long. But guess what, buddy? Mm -hmm. It did, and it's going to forever. So take a stand. Either as an organization, totally try to stop saying trust the process. You'll fail. Or just be like, yeah, he was the guy who got us here, and I'm going to drive it home. Just let it it happen. Essentially, I mean, Hinky's never going to comment on it, but just allowing Hinky as like your former like shadow GM, just be like, it's fine. Yeah. I love the guy. Thank, thanks for all the picks. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Um, I'd have to get permission from uh, Xfinity Live for this. But if you want the banner and you want to raise it at the Wells Fargo Center, I think we could donate the banner. Honestly, take the banner. Accept <laughs> the banner. Raise in the rafters. Championship guaranteed. Yeah, problem solved. Problem solved. We're done. We're done. Yeah. I, truce. Truce if that happens. Total truce. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe is right. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Are you done with TTP? You know. Yes. Yes, you know. Yeah. You know, like face. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.